from Star Studios in Denison, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Coffee with a Sign Painter. Uh, today we have Gibbs Connors, Philadelphia sign painter. He's been up there painting signs for over 20 years. Uh, a lot of you uh, who are interested in sign painting are well aware of who this guy is. Um, very diverse and uh, uh, interesting guy, and I think you're going to enjoy the interview. So, um, that's it. Today's episode is with Gibbs Connors, Philadelphia sign painter. Let's go. Okay, so since I'm from Philadelphia, I'm wearing my Benjamin Franklin uh, living history glasses for I you. I see. I like it. I like it. Those are <laughs> very distinguished. And I don't know if you can see it here, but I got a picture of you on my wall right here from when you were a kid. Let's see. Where is it? <laughs> what is that? Every time I look at that, I think it's you. It looks like Peter Max or something. What is it? Well, that's pig pen from the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kindred yeah. spirits. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, I'm seeing some cool brick stuff in the background. Is this your uh, studio? Yeah, that's my, this is my shop here. Yeah, cool. Very cool. So uh, you're like in an old warehouse building up in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, I got this building here. It's um, my shop's about uh, four thousand square feet on where I paint signs. Wow! And um, yeah, it's pretty roomy. It's uh, it's impossible to heat and impossible to cool. So you know, it's kind of like camping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a- hoping that this year I I have my first year of comfort as far as the studio goes because this has central air. So in Texas, central air in your workspace is like unheard of. So I'm, I'm hoping to see that that works out. We'll see. Yeah. Yep. Good luck with that. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm working on stuff like that myself. We'll see if I can get it together. Yeah. Our, the last studio in Denton that you came by and visited at, um, I kind of had that set up with some decent airflow, you know, with some fans and uh, some other stuff. But when it's still, you know, when it reaches you know, over a hundred degrees, just kind of miserable no matter what you do. Yeah, it's going to be hot. Yep, sure. Yeah. So tell me what you've been up to, man. Um, well, this year, the past few years, I've been doing a tremendous amount of gold work. Um, a lot of walls. Um, I just finished a vintage uh, Citroen H-Van for one of my clients. Yeah, I saw He's pictures got, of that. That was really cool. Since we are having coffee with a sign painter. Ah, nice. These, How do you pronounce that? La Colombe. La Colombe. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. See, I see you post a lot of pictures. You, you do a lot of work for them. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, they're really great to work with. Uh, I've been working with those guys since 1994 now, hmm. which is, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that much time has gone by, but it's cool to be working with someone for that long and see, you know, all our successes along the way. And those guys are really doing great. Um, one of the owners, Todd, has has or had this um, reality TV show called The Coffee Hunt, or uh, Dangerous Grounds. It was coffee hunting uh-huh. uh, all over the world. And, um, you know, so he's gotten a lot, of, a lot of exposure from that. It's really neat to see. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so th- have you always been in Philadelphia? Um, I moved here in at the very end of 1988, and you know that's where I've spent the majority of of uh, my life. If I've lived down here for 27 years now, so okay. I, you know, I lived in you know my hometown for the first 25. So I've been I'm more of a Philadelphian than uh, you know an upstate New Yorker at this point. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I I noticed too, and I and you know you and I have talked multiple times, and you came and visited the studio in Denton. Yep. yep. Um, but I, I I've kind of noticed a, a sideline thing, like you're kind of uh, you're kind of an entity in the Volkswagen world, somewhat, right? So, yeah. What's that all it, about? It's cool. Well, yeah, it is. Um, thank you. It's uh, 
Oh, I don't even know where to start with that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I had this obsession with Volkswagen since I was a little kid. And uh, I had a yellow Tonka Beetle um, that I used to play with. And uh, I couldn't wait till I was old enough to drive and I wanted a yellow Beetle. And, you know, I got one. It was my first car. It was a hand-me-down from one of my sisters. And, uh, you know, from there I got another Beetle and I don't know how many... Volkswagens I've had, you know, since I got into it, but um, I usually have like 10 or 12 of them at a time, and uh, I'm really into bosses, the early bosses, uh, 67 and earlier, and more specifically kind of 58 and earlier bosses, and you know, it's like anything else. The earlier they are, the harder they are to find, the harder it is to find the parts, and the more money they end up costing, and, uh, and the less you know, kind of driver friendly they are and, you know, it's this whole sort of like techno grouch thing. Um, mm -hmm. they, the original ones came with 25 horsepower motors, like 25 horsepower. A lawn tractor probably has more horsepower than that wow. these days. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that like, you know, I've pursued, I've explored, you know, I've gotten along the way. I've, you know, I've, with few exceptions, I've, I've gotten just about everything I've ever wanted with it, but in the end, you know, I'm like trapped by my possessions. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's like you want to own the stuff and the stuff ends up owning you. And if I wanted to get out of here in a month, I couldn't. If I wanted to get out of here in a year, I couldn't. Hmm. Uh, I've but, got a friend like that in California who's got uh, horses. Uh -huh. Her and her husband talk about that all the time. There's all these things they want to do, but they're like, they're kind of trapped in that lifestyle to where even just getting away for a weekend is a chore. Yeah, well, Volkswagens, you just got to fill them with gas and change the oil and adjust the valves. I can't imagine owning horses. Yeah. That's got to be 24 four hours a day at times. So. Over the years, I've owned six Beetles. Well, mm -hmm. one of them was actually a, a fastback. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I kind of, I've kind of got this, the same challenge like i i would love to get another one and fix it up but then it's like i've got to keep track of that car and do yeah. something with it and store it and so it's yeah but you've got how many now um i you know i'd have to get out my fingers and start counting um yeah that many i, I usually like 10 or 12 something like that and uh lately what i've been getting into more is um the old american wagons i've picked up a couple um, in the past year, uh, 59 Fords, um, they call them long roofs. They're, uh, you know, it, it, they're a whole lot more drivable than Volkswagens. It's like you're sitting on the couch holding a steering wheel, driving mm -hmm. one of those things. Whereas a Volkswagen, you're all hunched over. It's hot. It's loud. It's slow. It's, you know, it's quite frankly, kind of dangerous driving yeah. those old things. But, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's more unknown territory for me. And it's, uh, you know, further expansion of my um, my car interests. Um, so, uh, so with with that side by side, did you ever get into pinstriping? Never. No, no never got no. into that. Now, um, people have asked me about doing that, and I just say that's you know that's somebody else's uh, thing. I could probably find you somebody, but um, but recently, uh, ju actually just today, a buddy of mine from uh, Olympia, Washington, has a Volkswagen bus out here at a friend's house, and he asked me to run a stripe around the thing. I'll give it a try. I told him if it's terrible, we can get out some mineral spirits and cheesecloth and wipe it right back off. Right. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a try, you know. Uh, I'll try new stuff, but um, it's just a single stripe. It's like pulling one big long line, and it's not like that really beautiful, symmetrical, colorful stuff that I think you could do that kind of work, can't you? Didn't you do you have a lot of history with that? I Yeah, I've got a huge history with it. That's how I spent the first 10 years of painting. Yeah. With my my dad was custom painting, yeah. striping, and then we got into lettering. Um, I'm not as uh, skilled as it as I used to be because I used to do it all day long, every day. Yep, yeah. You know, we yep. go to car dealerships and people that fixed up cars, and you know we just drive around doing that all day long. Wow. But um, now, you know, uh, I don't get to bust out daggers nearly as often, so I can still get the results I want, but it takes me a lot longer. Yeah, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To think it all through and then to, you know, sit there and actually do it. Whereas before it was just like, bam. 
Yeah, we aren't as young and daring as we used to be, are we? Uh, scary how that just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, just happened one day, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, um, you know, that kind of uh, ignorance of your own limitations thing. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it comes in handy as far as getting you to explore things, but, uh, you know... Uh, as I've gotten older, I'm like, hmm, that's a little bit reckless. <laughs> yeah, you know, I still have this desire to to try stuff that I've never done before. And um, this guy that uh, I knew when I first moved to Philadelphia, a guy by the name of Dennis Faven, um, I was tr playing around with smalts and gold leaf and stuff like that. And um, he said, forget about the smalts. He said, nobody's ever going to want that stuff. Just, you know, no, and nobody's going to spend the money on that stuff. And um, it don't, don't even bother with it. And uh, I saw him, he drove past me one day. I was up on some scaffolding, and I was putting up a sign with smalts on it. And uh, so I've always been one to, to try new stuff. And um, that's, you know, i got to have that challenge to... Um, to keep me interested and keep me moving and learn new things. And um, it's never, sign painting's never been this repetitive thing for me, um, ever. Uh, but I, I really need to have that. I gotta, ha I gotta be able to try new stuff. And um, most of the challenge a lot of the time is just meeting deadlines. And that gets, that gets a little bit old. But, you know, I enjoy the satisfaction of that, too. Like, give me a due date that you want it, and I'll get it done. If we say, you know, we'll talk someday about, you know, getting this sign done, it'll never happen. It's like right. a, a friend inviting you over for dinner. Oh, you should come over for dinner sometime. Never happens. Yeah. But if you say, hey, what are you doing this Saturday? Let's do it. Um, so that's, I've always been, been driven like that. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. Um, uh, th those of us who've done this for a while now, mm -hmm. um, that's a common thread I, I see, you know, in my conversations is, um, you know, I know with myself, if I had just stuck with doing what it is that I learned with my dad or whatever, uh -huh. I, I'd have quit a thousand times over. I know, yeah. Uh, just because yeah. there's only so much of it you can do and keep your interest, um, you know, but... It's Smile. <laughs> oh, I got through the flash off. Okay. <laughs> yep. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've, I'm always trying to dabble and uh, I, I do have that same motivator that if somebody says, you know, uh, don't mess with that or you can't do that or whatever, then I'm like, hmm, okay, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a, um, this guy come to me that wanted like an apprenticeship, and I've always sort of steered clear of that sort of thing. Um, this guy was an out of you, out of work union plumber, and uh, you know, so I knew I knew he could work hard, and you know, as we know, this stuff is hard work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to be way up in the air sometimes. You got to be working from sun up till sundown and beyond. So uh, you know, I gave him a shot, and he came to me and said, "Hey, what's this? Uh, what's this glue chipping stuff?" And I was like, glue chipping, you know, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I don't think I'll ever do it unless you want to try it. Mm. So he, he ordered up a bunch of that, uh, the hide glue, and, you know, we gave it a try with sort of, you know, of course we didn't read the directions, you know, mm. so. <laughs> but it started to work, and then I did a workshop with, um, with Roderick Treese out in Encinitas, California. And um, I th you, you, I'm going to quote you, Sean. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of how to do this oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so um, I came back to my shop after doing his workshop, and for, I think for a month and a half or maybe even two months, all I did was sample letters every single day, glue chipping and gilding and trying different carrots and different typefaces and all this kind of stuff. Um, I just got obsessed with that. And I was able to sell a job right thereafter that um, it, it paid for his course. And, nice. uh, and for the understanding that he offered with this stuff, it was really phenomenal. To, 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 it was really a confidence builder for me because I'm, um, I'm largely self-taught when it comes to this stuff. Um, that guy I mentioned earlier, he uh, that was a sign painter, he wouldn't tell me a thing about gold leaf, and he yeah. told me, "I'll never tell you a thing." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, all right. Well, I'll just figure it out for myself." And you know, I did. So um, there's so much to learn with this stuff, and um, 
yeah, I've got a, I've got a long way to go, but I've, I've started to figure out a lot of stuff and started to get a lot more confident doing this after eh, like almost 30 years of doing this stuff. I'm like, I'm starting to get it. Yeah, no, uh, I know. I, I know the feeling and you know, uh, there's been a lot of things over the years that I didn't have access to anyone that I could even beg for the information from, you know, right. especially, you know, pre social media, Oh, yeah. You know, like you couldn't even find anybody that did anything that was nope. knowledgeable. Um, right. And let alone, hey, you're a stranger, sh- you know, share your trade secrets with me. But, yeah, um, absolutely. you know, th- there's been so much experimentation and I, I kind of always hid in shame to a certain extent because there were certain things that um, I didn't know how to do them. So I kind of made up, you know, some workaround or some way to make it work. Yeah. You know, but I'm not ashamed of that anymore. Yeah. But, you right. know, I did go through a period of time where I was just like, you know, I don't I don't want anyone to find out how I'm doing this because I know yeah. it's probably not right. But then you get enough under your belt and you're like, I don't care. It looks good. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's that's what I found with sign painting is that it's really anything goes as long as it works. Um you know, I, I don't care, carry a screwdriver with me to open my paint cans, I, but I always got change in my pocket. So I pull out a quarter and I open up my can of paint with a quarter every time. Um, it's all about solving problems with, without necessarily the full kit with you. Um, I went up to New York City last Thursday for this job that's been looming, and I had, I, you know, I, a lot of times I'll back up my gold jobs with uh, using a silk screen. Uh, you know, it's it's a great old trick. Right. Um, nothing new. So I show up there. I got my screen. I got my screen paint. And I realized I don't have my size brushes. And I don't have the blocks of wood to make a jig on the window. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh. I've been through this enough times where I've showed up on a job not prepared and still pulled it off. And I always say, I always tell people, like when I got uh, somebody working with me, I always say, right now, the amateurs would go back to the shop and uh-huh. get back another day. We're the pros. We're going to figure this uh-huh. out. So I ended up taking a squeegee that I had with me and cutting the squeegee blade, the durometer. I cut that off of the, uh, <laughs> with an exact, or probably a razor blade, and I used that to, for the positioning blocks on the glass. I'm giving away trade secrets here. <laughs> and then <laughs> for, the, for the size brush, <laughs> I took a paper towel and dipped it in the... Uh, <laughs> dipped it in, in my water size and just squeezed it out of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. I've used that. I've used paper towel with oil paints before yeah. uh, in a pinch. Yeah. And then I, and then I didn't have any cotton with me either. So um, somebody, I sent somebody out to find some rolled surgical cotton. Of course, she couldn't find it because she didn't know what it was. So she comes back and she says she can't find it. And I said, just regular cotton balls will do it. So she comes back with this huge bag of cotton balls. But in the meantime, I had taken a piece of velvet to, to, to burnish the gold with. And, you know, it scratched it up a little bit, but it worked. Yeah. And I got that job done. And I, was, I, was, I, had that, I, had that, I had it done really before she got back from the store with the cotton balls. I, she put them down. I was like, I don't even need these things now. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about figuring it out. And um, I, you know, I think that's something... Um, I, I think that's really well put is, you know, solving problems. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the thing that um, probably any kind of, uh, you know, creative trade, um, you know, I would assume some somebody laying, you know, really cool layouts with stone and all that. That's That's yep. probably part of the challenge and the excitement is just, you know, having to problem solve throughout each process. And I, I, I think that's uh, what's kept some of us old farts still going. Yeah, there's a fine line between being a problem solver and a hack, though. <laughs> and I, I got one foot in e- on either side of that line a lot of times. Yeah, you know? well, me too. So, But not, it's, you know, it's, it's, a sign, it's a sign, you know, that I-O-A-F-S. Whatever, I forget what those initials uh, stand for, but uh, it's something like that. I did this job recently for, um, for a fairly new client where we're, I do a lot of work for uh, museums um, doing exhibition work, and we screen print directly onto the walls. So there's often this confusion about, you know, about the job, whatever it may be. So we get there, and 
this one aspect of the job is to be screen printed on the wall, but they didn't, they gave us the wall color instead of the graphic color, mm -hmm. if you follow me. Yeah. So, you know, so, but they had a can of this designer brand um, silver metallic paint. It's latex. And the silk screen is a water-based uh, emulsion on there. So it's like, well, are we going to go back to the shop and mix up a, a silver metallic screen paint? Or are we going to give it a go with the latex paint? You know what we did? We ran that latex paint through a water-based emulsion screen, got one chance, and in fact, we, we did it with two hits, and the screen didn't break down on us. So, really? Yeah, we got it done, and that was something new after screen printing on walls for 25 years. I never tried latex paint, never wanted to, but we got it done, and uh, you know, realistically, we probably would have had to come back the next day. But uh, we were able to stick it out, and um, and it was just a little print that was probably, you know, 11 by 14 inches. But still, you know, it's it's. Uh, See, now that's a really weird gig. Like I've noticed, you've got a lot of photos with different museum things. How in the mm -hmm. world did you get hooked up with that? Um, I, I used to go to this um, drawing class at a place in Philadelphia called the Fleischer Art Memorial, which is like free adult education for uh, art, and they have everything from. Lithography, etching, photography, uh, figure drawing, painting, anything you want there. And um, I was in there one night sitting next to this woman, and you know, we're doing figure drawing, and she looked at my drawings. I was looking at her drawings. We started talking, and she said, Here comes it. Yeah, here comes you hear the train. <laughs> <laughs> here comes the 338. <laughs> so, um, you just got to go for it, man. It's going to be rumbling out there for a while. <laughs> okay, I just wait till the air horns pass. Um, so the uh, she said, "Well, you know, we use sign painters," and I thought, huh, "You know, the the, mu the museum they never have the likes of me." But um, she said, "You know, give me give me one of your cards, and I'll pass it on to the right person." And um, they called me up, and uh, I went in there for like an interview and showed them my work. And um, it, you know, a couple weeks later, they called me up and they said, oh, "We want you to paint this sign for us. It says exhibition exit." So I said, uh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll do that. And they told me they had somebody but that they were happy with. So they didn't know if they'd use me or not. But they, I think they're getting tired of this guy. And um, I worked there. After that, I did every exhibition for 22 years at that museum. Um, screen printing on walls and hand lettering. And I worked for the Whitney in New York. Um, there's one in uh, Western Massachusetts. I still do this exhibition work. Um, I work for this uh, museum in Delaware called Winter Tour, which is probably one of the biggest and best uh, museums in the world for decorative arts. Uh, I work for another museum in Philadelphia, which is the Barnes Foundation. Um, you know, old-time controversial place, uh, but it's you know it's probably the hottest thing in the art world. Why is it controversial? Right um, he, there's this movie called The Art of the Steel, which um, you know it's a it's a it's a documentary about Dr. Albert Barnes and how he came to be. And uh, come here, pop. Come here. You be quiet. Um, so uh, it's you know it, it's uh, it it it, invo it involves some um, these things that involved his will and overturning his. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's a long it's a long <laughs> long story, but um, it basically they overturned his will. Which was to keep his uh, keep his collection in this building uh, where he housed it, and then but instead they moved it down onto the uh, what they call the Museum Mile in Philadelphia, which you know it has its good, but uh, I think it's great for the general public. The, you know the old time supporters of the Barnes Foundation uh, are unhappy with it, but you know it went the way it went. It's a fabulous facility. It's state of the art. It actually has HVAC in there, which you know, the old place was not, uh, it didn't have like the right levels to, you know, house art. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's getting off on, uh, getting off on some tangents there, but it's a, it's a fabulous place. It has the most, um, uh, you know, it's impressionist art. Um, you know, it's, it's hugely popular stuff. It's beautiful stuff to look at. And he had this way of collecting art that, uh, you know, it kind of redefined how people viewed his art, his vision, and uh, and his collection of it. It's really, 
I guess it's a, it's pro, if you come to Philadelphia and you enjoy art at all, it's the place to go. It really is. Cool. So um, yeah, great client. They're great to work with. Um, you know, we all like to get paid on time, and you know, unfortunately, money plays into uh, you know running a business, and we run businesses, and and they've been great. I've been working for them for you know since they opened this new facility, which is probably three years now, maybe four years. So time goes by quickly. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So, what's your um, what's your take on the popularization of sign painting and where it's all heading and where you fit in with that and all that. I'm curious. Um, you know, one day I was driving around in Philadelphia and I saw this gold leaf job on a transom window. And I knew I didn't do it. And I knew this other gilder in Philadelphia didn't do it. And I thought, huh, who could have done that? Um, and then I start seeing this other, I see another job that somebody else did, and it's good. I think, ah, oh, there's something going on here. And then I start finding out about different young timers painting signs now. And I was worried, and I thought, oh, man, I'm like the old dog. And these guys are young and fresh and good work. And um, so we had a little uh, a summit meeting at my shop. found out who these guys were, and I invited them over. <laughs> and, smart uh, yeah, so you know these guys do good work, and um, and they're and they're looking to me for information and tips, and you know how to survive, and all this different stuff that I've always sort of I learned and I kind of took for granted that I knew this stuff, but then I realized like that I'm where I am and in context because of these guys and what they know, and not to say that I'm further ahead or better or anything so we had uh we had the philly powwow summit meeting of uh of the uh the young timers and who's painting signs in philadelphia and i think we had i think we had eight people here that wow. had had been painting signs or doing chalkboards or something involved in signage for three years or less um there was bill sanders kelly franklin christian cantiello chris russo um, Danny Fox, let me see, Jamie Car Cartagena, and Sean Gallagher, seven of them, and including me, eight. I so, recognize half those names from social media stuff. Yeah, and, um, you know, they everybody's sort of like, you know, a couple years have gone by, some people have, you know, you see them more often than others, um, and... A bunch of those people I've used um, uh, out on jobs, and I try to keep everybody in rotation so nobody thinks I don't like them or something. You know, mm -hmm. so I try to give everybody a call once in a while if I need an extra set of hands. So, um, yeah, and you know, we just talked about um, uh, you know the code and respect for each other's clients and not mowing each other's lawn, and then we played a, a round of uh, Electro Pounce Roulette. I let everybody try my Electro Pounce. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nobody got shocked that time, but no. we've, all, we've all been shocked oh, yeah. at one time or another. So, um, yeah, and they're looking at this stuff and, you know, all the stuff I got here in the computer plotter. They're like, whoa, I've never seen one of those things. I'm like, yeah, 1986 is when I got mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, so it, it's cool, and I think it, it established this sort of even playing field. And, you know, so it's like, you know, you, there's no hiding behind the social media or the computer um, that we, we've all met face-to-face. -face. And, uh, you know, we all got to do what we got to do out there. But, um, you know, we'll call each other often on jobs and say, hey, did you get a call in this, in this brewery out in Phoenixville? Did these guys call you up? Yeah, yeah, they called me. And we'll talk about, you know, the different, different aspects of the job and um, what, you know, we, what we think is, is fair or right or, you know, maybe what the client's like or, you know, joke around a little bit behind the scenes of, uh, you know, how we, how we deal with more difficult clients and things like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny, the dynamic. Um, I've got Cole Bridges, who worked with me for a couple of years, uh -huh. uh, kind of took him under my wing, and he's off, you know, out on his own now. And um, But we get 
identical calls, you know, yeah. cause oh, yeah. you know, they'll find us both. And it's just funny. Cause we'll, we'll tr- compare notes like, okay, so what did they say to you? This is yeah. what they said to me, you know? Yeah. 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 And they, and they're making it sound like, Oh, I, I'm so glad I, I, Sean star. And they're saying the same thing to call, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Cool. We, yeah, there's a lot of rip. game playing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And good for them. And good for yeah. us. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it, yeah. It's all good. It just, it's yeah. funny how people are. Yeah, it's solidarity among the workers. You know, it's a, we should have we we should have like a a, a craft guild or a trade mm-hmm. guild where we we talk about all these things. We kind of do, you know. Because yeah, of, yeah. Um, I I think with the personalities involved, I think any kind of formal organization would be self-destructive. <laughs> but I I think we've kind of yeah. got our own informal, you know, little uh, union of sorts going, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's good. It's um, um, yeah. Before all this this internet stuff, uh, you know, I operated in a in a complete vacuum yeah, over here. here. And um, I I got on. I I figured one day I was like, let me Google search sign painting and see what shows up. And I see these YouTube videos, and I see uh, Damon Steyer from New Bohemia, and he's talking about like this this passion for sign painting and I'm sitting there with like tears in my eyes going like ha huh, he he's speaking my language I can't believe it somebody else cares yeah. and this guy you know Damon's articulate and uh, you know he's talking about all this stuff and I'm like wow this whole thing with the internet huh wow sign painting on the internet it's it's out there I'm gonna look look at more stuff and then um, then I google searched myself one day and uh and I found the sign painter movie thing and um, some effluvia magazine sign painters of note. And I see all these different people's names on it. Mike Meyer, uh, Dobell, I think you might, were, you might have been on there, um, Colt, Damon, all these people. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in, I'm in with these, <laughs> these group of guys. Like, I can't believe it. Like somebody out there, somebody, somehow these people found Someone's me. Someone's watching. <laughs> Someone's watching. And then I was like, oh man, I hope they don't call me for that sign painter movie. <laughs> and they didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't wait to see it. And, uh, I went down to the, uh, the world premiere down at the Smithsonian and, um, Oh man, it was like I, I think I was the first one in that room. Yeah. I couldn't wait to see this. It was great. It, it was like, and again, I was sitting there. I laughed. I cried. It was two pinkies down. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I, I did yeah. the banner for that screening. Oh yeah, so yeah. I, did I like it. to okay. think that I, I had a piece of artwork hanging in the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, I think you certainly did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly the legit way, but hey, who cares? Still, yeah. <laughs> And um, and there were a bunch of people there that um, let me see. Ira Coyne was there. Uh, Vance Ryland was there. Uh, Rodney from Red Rocket Signs was there. And I don't know who else, but I know there were other sign painters there. And then there were all these other people who had like this appreciation for sign painting. They wanted to see it. And I was like, this this movie has got to be good. This is really good for us to, to have this out there. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know, um, uh, the director sent us a link so that we could watch the final cut before it was even screened. Uh-huh, cool. That, that was the most nerve-wracking moment for me because I was like, if this sucks, <laughs> this has been an utter waste of time and this is going to be like probably terrible for all of us yeah yeah and, and as as the final credits were going up i was like okay they did an awesome job <laughs> yeah. it was really good it was it was just phenomenal you know so yeah i've i've i watched it many times um somebody i was down in florida um and somebody asked me to sit on some panel about the movie and uh you know it was really cool to sit there and be able to talk about that to the people that were interested in it and uh there's always this dark space between the consumer who needs a sign and us the people that make the signs and the people that fill that dark space are the graphic designers and the architects that are they are in direct communication with their clients who say you need to have your window gilded, or you need to have a carved sign, or you could get your wall painted, you could have it look new, or you could have it look old, and I know somebody that can do it for you. 
Sean Starr or Gibbs Connors or Mike Meyer or anybody else. Um, so it's, um, it, I don't know about you, I don't do sales calls. I never have. I, you know, I've gone out, I've handed, I, I've seen people are opening a store. I walk in, I hand them a card, they look at it, I know they throw it in the trash can. They don't, they, it's just one more person that's trying to sell them something. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm fortunate in probably like yourself, I haven't even had the need to for years yeah. now. Yeah. But um, even if I had the need, uh, it, the idea makes me cringe because you go in on such a different footing right. of, I, I need this, I need you to give me this work. And right. so now all of a sudden you're the flunky who, right. you know, whereas yep. when, when the co- client comes to you, they've already researched, they've already looked at your work online, they've already yep. seen other projects in the area you've done, and that built-in respect is there, and, you know, the approach is, hey, would you have time to work on this? Would you be interested in working on my project? Yeah. Versus... I've got a, a rent payment due in three days and I got to knock something out. And then immediately right. the tone changes and it's, you know, okay, I'm going to put the squeeze on the artist guy. Right. And yeah. I despise that, that dynamic so much that I, right. I, 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 if I had to, yeah, I would go out and hand out cards, but man, yeah. Worst thing on earth. Yeah. Even if you don't need the work, um, I think it, we all cheapen our, when we go in, when we put ourselves in that position, it looks like we need the work. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a completely different footing. The best, best footing for the, for in in any negotiation is the ability to say no to somebody. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if I know I can tell somebody, no, no, I can't give you a discount. No, I can't. No, I can't. Then, and if I truly can't, then I have the upper hand in the negotiating because I don't need the work and I don't need a hassle. Um, but if you do need the work and you can't say no, then you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a mini resentment that you're going to that I'm going to have to work through doing that stuff. Yeah, and I've talked about this with some other old timers as well. Is just that first. Um, I don't know, maybe two minutes of the initial conversation with somebody. Yep. If, if my instincts and red flags start going off, I don't go any further. Right. You right. know, because it's going to stink every step of the way. And by the time you're totally embedded in the project and in the thick of it, you're going to want to kill them yep. and maybe yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've learned over the years uh, that it's totally okay to walk away and just tell somebody I'm really not interested in working on what you got. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yep. Yeah. My my phone keeps ringing. I got a two or three calls in the last, you know, Friday and today about people that I, I don't even ask how they they find me anymore. But somebody sent me a, a picture of this cool old wall for a shoe store, and um, I can't. Oh, I. I I want to paint it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big wall and I want to get out there and do something cool for them, but they found me. And, um, if I was driving down the road and I saw this wall and thought, ah, maybe I could go in there and see if, uh, you know, they need to have that wall repainted. Then they think, then they'd be thinking it's going to be three or 400 bucks, not three or 4,000 bucks right. to do it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, it's it's always nice when the phone rings. It's uh, uh, you know, I probably get one out of ten jobs anyway, but at least they're still calling, you know. And out of those one, I, I another thing I always say is uh, I'm glad for every job I get. I'm twice as glad for every job I don't get. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, it's, um, you know, I because especially now that we've kind of shifted gears and have slowed our pace down. Mm. Um, you know, I, I turned down the bulk of everything, you know, I've, oh, got that's a, good. I've got a handful of clients that are repeat or they'll refer someone. I'll take a look at that stuff. But I mean, you know, just that, that cold call of somebody calling in, you oh, know, yeah. the very first question I ask is, have you looked through our website? And if they say no, I know that means they just pulled the number off of the Google maps yep. listing. They don't even know what I do, which is 
completely right. not normal, right? <laughs> you know, the normal offerings of a sign shop. And so I just, uh, I got that call earlier today and right. you know, the questions that the person was asking was, it was just so obvious that you're, you've called the wrong place. Yeah. 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 I, I don't need really any more clients. I need the clients that I have to just keep me work. That's it. Because I don't need to establish that I'm not going to split with your deposit, that I'm going to deliver on time. I don't need to establish that stuff. All my clients already know this about me. So if somebody comes through uh, a recommendation or something like that's a big help. But when the phone just rings and somebody's asking me these questions and, and I sense the mistrust, if they mistrust me, then I know they're not to be trusted because you know, I've been doing this and, you know, and people, the other funny question I get is, do you really do this for a living? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what I do. No, That's I work at I Wells do. Fargo, but I just <laughs> tinker with this on the weekends. <laughs> it's yeah. a crazy question. And these are the people that a year from now, they aren't going to be in business. Yeah. And I'll be, I've been, I've been in Philadelphia now for uh, 27 years. There's certain locations that I've been up on that pole rig and a new sign three, four times, different storefronts, three or four times. I'm lettering that same window. And uh, I was out there one day with my ladder on this pole rig, and um, this guy comes, he's a, he was the, uh, like the caretaker of this church across the street. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I'd, I'd be leaning up on that pole like that. And I said, you know, it's okay. It's all right. I'll be all right. If you want to hold the ladder for me, you can, but I'll be all right up here. And he said, that thing could rip out of that wall. And I said, yeah, it could. But you know what? This is the fourth time I've been up on this pole in the last 20 years. It's going to be all right. <laughs> and it was. He's like, oh, really? I said, what about the last four restaurants that had been there? He's like, yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the way it is. It's such an interesting thing about that, that respect issue that you mentioned. Um, the most solid business people I've dealt with over the years, uh, there's never an issue with respect and trust. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, th those are the people that are the most trusting and the most respectful are the people that you see excel, you know, you help them get their place open and five years later, you know, they're, you know, growing and expanding and everything else. Yep, um, yep. And it's always that nickel and dime mentality and, and the distrust and the uh, lack of respect for your time and your expertise. Those are those are the people that never succeed. It's an interesting thing to observe. It is. It sure is. Yep. Yep. So. So let's talk music, man. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> what, you, what you've been listening to in the last seven days, and, oh. and please share something embarrassing. Um, well, I always have mixed feelings about you know the time that I you know that I've spent on on tour with the Grateful Dead, you know, <laughs> because a lot of people they're full of hate for the Grateful Dead, but I you know listened to them since probably 1972, and um, and I just got tickets for their. Uh, for their 50th anniversary show in Santa Clara, California. I was one of my lucky ones. Awesome. So, um, you know, I listened to a lot of that stuff. Um, let's see. Um, there's, uh, there's this old timey, um, kind of dust bowl mountain folk, uh, music by the Morrison brothers, um, called dry and dusty. And it's just like a, it's just like a piano and, or a, not a piano, a, like a violin or, uh, and banjo rag, okay. but it's, it's, it's sweet. Um, I recently discovered that the Morrison brothers, I think they're out of, uh, I think they're out of Arkansas. And then, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Hank three, Hank Williams, the third. Um, I haven't seen him in a while with his new music, but you know, I, I like him. He's, uh. He makes some good points about uh, contemporary country music. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, I'm somebody that is, I don't own a TV. Yeah. Own a TV. I don't even listen to NPR. I don't read the newspaper. Um, uh, I don't read the stuff on that, that people put on Facebook about what's happening when and where and, you know, um, whatever cop got shot or whatever cop killed 
some kid or whatever. I don't read any of it. I'm in it, what I call media blackout. Yeah. Uh, I look at I look at the pictures. I look at Instagram. I look at Facebook. I want to know what my friends are up to. Um, coming around to, I only listen to satellite radio in my car. That's it. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that music I, I listened to in high school. I'm not, you know, I'm not like classic rock guy, but, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see, hear music from that era. Um, you know, I, somebody went by with blasting Foreigner cold as ice this morning it was immediately cycling and stuck in my head i was like no 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 <laughs> but there's other good stuff out there from that time period um there's this uh there's this guy um his name is father yod father y-o-d yod i i saw a, a documentary that was is a, he something that's yeah. a trippy dude yeah the guy is a decorated marine he was a killer in world yeah, war ii yeah and um, he went on to form this uh, cult in California and opened a restaurant on Sunset Strip called, I think, The Source. Yeah, and, and that's, um, that's where all of the, like, celebrities <laughs> at the time would eat yeah, lunch. and totally Frank Zappa. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, Frank Zappa and Joni Mitchell. And um, there was this, uh, when HBO first came out, there was a show called Freddie, Frin- Freddie Prinz and Friends. And he had all these comedians on. And uh, anybody that you can think of that's big now, like... Um, Jay Leno was on there as a young kid. There, but there was this guy on there, Tim Thomerson. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's like, that guy right there is the source of all my humor. Um, <laughs> it is, it's the baseline of it, Tim Thomerson. And apparently he's been in some movies. And, um, but he did this skit. Part of a skit was about the source, uh, that, that restaurant, the source. He didn't, of course, name it. Uh, but... Uh, it, it, it's funny stuff. It's, uh, and I was out at uh, one of the conclaves out there in Bakersfield at Dean Ross's house. And I don't know who it was. I think it might have been Dean Ross was talking. Or no, it was um, Ron Purcell was talking about. He was doing, you know, rattling off lines from this Tim Thomerson skit. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to talk to you. you know? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, Father Yacht. Um, I, I drove cross, cross country and we listened to that um, a fair amount. Uh, it, it'll pass the time driving through, you know, the flatlands out where you live. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We, 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 Kaylee and I got rid of TV right after, after we got married and it's amazing. Uh, I mean, we were never really like TV people, mm-hmm. but when you get rid of it, it's like something happens to your brain. It's like, I think that it, it like dopes you up. Oh, without a doubt. And yep. and just uh, this last weekend, we were we were coming back from South Texas where we did this project, and so we took our time going through the hill country, and we stayed in a hotel. And so, so I flicked the TV on. Kaylee was taking a shower, and it just like after about thirty minutes, you realize that you're just sitting there in the duh position, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like wow, this is nuts. Yeah, I I you know when I'm out on the road. Um, I'll flick on the TV, at, you know, because I'm often in a different time zone. I can't sleep. I'll just look at the TV for a while. And the stuff that I've seen on TV, there was this reality show. And for those people that watch TV, maybe they've seen it. This person, I don't even know how to, it sounds horrible, and I'm not trying to mock it, but there's this, this person out there that has two heads. Have you seen this? No. Oh, my God. It's, it's, and they made a show out of it? Yeah, life and about the, this person or people I guess they are graduating from high school and where they're going to go to college and I'm like and then they get in a car and they go to drive away and I'm like oh my god which one is steering and which one is like the navigator here it's like how do you, uh, it's, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen and it's on TV and like you hear about this stuff and you're like no way dude that couldn't possibly be it was on TV yeah you know? um, last year we, again, we had gone out of town, and Cole, who was working with me at the time, uh, we were flipping channels, um, and we were some crappy hotel out in San Angelo, and mm-hmm. uh, he's like, dude, have you ever seen Honey Boo Boo? And I'm like, uh-huh. I've, I've heard of it. And so he turned it on, and I was just, I was so shocked and appalled, and it was like the, the car wreck that you can't turn away from kind of thing. I'm just oh, like, I know. 
how is this entertainment? What if we what if we sunk to? I don't even know what Honey Boo Boo is, and I don't think I want to know. It it's <laughs> just really ignorant hillbilly people acting terribly. Oh, really? Yeah, terrible behavior, terrible dysfunctional relationships, and these kids are just. Um, I guess the the little girl was in some pageant. The mother put her in a pageant, and I don't know. It was oh. just bizarre and disturbing. Well, along those lines, I want to make a movie recommendation. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest that you watch it. It's an old movie. I think it's by uh, Russ Meyer, maybe, or somebody. can't really remember. Um, but it's called Mud Honey. Have Mud you seen Honey. that? Mud Honey. Write, write it down. So. Sean, write it down. Anybody that's listening, if there is anybody listening out there, write it down. Mud Honey. Hey, it we have really... listeners in 61 countries now. I checked ah, right before we started talking. That's awesome. I, I know. know they're super listening. cool. So people around the world, please, please, listen. Watch Mud Honey. It's it's Mud Honey. Really Mud Honey. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's Dust Bowl. It's I think it came out in 1966. It's like how did they find these people and how did they get them to act? Because it's it's also real. Really. Um, yeah. It's the typical sort of the guy walks up to the house, knocks on the door, his car's broken down, and you know the bodacious farmer's daughter, uh, you know answers the door and uh you know it goes on from there you know it's, it's so he it's enters really into a whole nother world through this family uh yeah i you know he gets hired on as a hired hand you know around the farm and you know he's got a bit of a uh, a problem with the with the sour mash and you know i i can't remember the exact details of it but they're 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 literally swinging from the trees in that movie wow it's it's really great so okay. uh, yeah mud that, honey that calls to mind a, a movie i haven't seen it in a couple of years but i want to watch it again have you, have you ever seen off the map no no that that's a cool movie that this uh this kind of hippie couple and their daughter live out, I think, in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. And um, this IRS agent comes out to um, audit them because they basically have just not been participating in the system. Mm-hmm. But when he gets there, he kind of just goes through this thing and decides he wants to stay. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, really cool. I'm going to write that down off the map. Yeah, I've watched it multiple times. It's a really cool story. Huh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's about the extent of my uh, th- about my media knowledge. I don't I don't go to the movies. I you know people say like, what do you do? They say, oh, you're from Philadelphia. Ha, the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I don't care about sports. Uh, I know. I I, I just no I just ran into this last week, and the guy was a really nice older guy. He's our client's dad. And he was he was like trying to make conversation and talk about the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm like, I don't know anything about it. I yeah, sorry, I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't know anything about sports. Yeah, not a thing. And uh, you know, I, I think that's good. I think it's you know, I get think we're all trying. It's just a it's just a mass marketing scheme. Yeah, it's, you know, I, and I can't. I just can't. I just can't get involved in any of that stuff. Um, I went to a. Um, I donated blood one time, and and they give you a, a pair of tickets to go see the the baseball game, the Philadelphia Phillies. So I'm sitting up there in the nosebleed section, and I think they're playing the Mets or something. And I'm sitting there, and I got my Carhartt overalls on and a T-shirt, and I'm wearing this hat. And uh, some kid behind me starts going. You know, he starts he starts heckling the first batter at bat. I think it was. Somebody named Sosa. He starts, you, Sosa, Sosa, you suck. The place is empty, and you can hear this kid's echoing, voice <laughs> echoing in the stadium. First pitch, guy hits a home run. Okay, so he shuts up about that. And then he starts yelling, yo, Amish man, yo, hey, Amish man. I'm thinking, Amish man, who's Amish man? And I turn around. And him and, his, him and his buddies are all looking at me. They're calling me Amish man. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm out of here. So I, I don't know if I, if I left the game then, but, you know, it's like, eh, it's just not my scene, you know, sports and heckling and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, no, like, I don't get it, it all. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're up there, you know, they're having a good time, but, you know, it's like, 
uh, uh, you know, I felt like I was being taunted or something. And then, you know, what's next? A response and then, you know, a fight. I'm like, I'm not down for that either. So, See, uh, and, and that surprises me because you, you've got kind of a, a menacing look, you know, oh, yeah. kind of got that biker <laughs> look, you know, so yeah. I'm surprised the guy's hassling you. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I have been in a fight since sixth grade though. So I'm a little out of practice for, see, I, I'm in, you know. I'm in this, I'm in the same boat. It just, you know, and you see all of this posturing and the macho guys and all that. And I'm like, whatever, dude, leave me alone. Yeah, I got no right, time for exactly. this. Yeah. 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 People are so, crazy. Yep. Well, cool. I'm I'm glad uh, glad you came on. Yeah, thanks. Glad you shared your your story. Yeah, Been yeah. I don't know if I connect our schedules for a while now. Yeah, two busy guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to uh, give a shout out to um, the uh, guy that got me into sign painting. Um, guy by the name of John Daly, and uh, he'll he'll probably hear this interview. Um, cool. Tell you that just just a bit of that story. I was um, I had been uh, doing construction for about uh, like a year and a half with my buddy's construction company, upstate New York, and I was kind of had enough of it and didn't really know what I was going to do next. And then um, <clears throat> one day out on the job, I see this old guy who was probably about the same, according to my calculations, he's about the same age as I am now. But and, back then, um, he was an old old guy. He was an old guy then, and he's sitting there, and he's striping out this window. He's putting the black outlines on. I'm, I was just fascinated how this solid black paint came off that brush just razor sharp. And I sat there, and I watched him, and I, at one point, I interrupted him, and I said, hey, I, you know, I don't want to interrupt you, but, um, you know, I want to talk to you for a minute. Could you, could you take a minute to talk to me? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, we talked a few minutes. He's like, you know, I'm working. I'll give you my card. You can come by my shop. And... Um, I, you know, I, I, I'd have a couple conversations with him every once in a while, and um, he told me how to go get my first job. He said, just walk down the street, and you'll see somebody that needs a sign or has a sign. You think you can do something better, and, you know, tell them you're a sign painter. And, and that's what I did, and I got my first job. And um, I moved away from my hometown up there and came down to Philly, and I never forgot about that guy. And I'd always think of him, and these things would cross my mind, things he had said to me, and... Um, I decided one day to, I, multiple times, I tried to find him on the internet. And of course, you know, he had to been in his 80s by now. So, um, but one day I found him through reverse directory and um, called his house. And I said, uh, and this woman answered the phone and I said, uh, we're going to speak to John Daly. And they said, oh, oh, well, you know, he's retired now. I thought, oh, he's retired. Oh, thank God he's retired. He's, that means he's still alive. Right. And I said, could I talk to him? He said, well, you know, he doesn't hear so well, but I'll put him on. And he got on the phone. He couldn't understand what I was saying. But his wife was sort of the, she got back on the phone, and I said, I told him my name. I said, my name's Gibbs Connors. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, okay, what can I do for you? And he said, I'm a sign painter. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, and I ran into you one day. You were painting a sign in North Troy. And uh, it's probably about 1986. He said, oh, yeah, 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 I work in Troy. I said, yeah, I know, it was you. And I said, I just want to, I'm calling to just thank you for taking the time to talk to me that day. And um, I want to be able to come up and see you sometime. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, okay. So a couple weeks later, my niece was getting married. And I went up there, and we sat down and talked about sign painting. And, um, you know, he, he was the same guy that I met back then in 1986, and he was saying all the same stuff. And, um, and I've been back in touch with him, and uh, I've gone up there, and I showed him my work, and I've went around and um, had him show me all the signs that he painted in our hometown. And he did a tremendous amount of work. And I met him the same way. I got, he got me into sign painting the same way he got into sign painting. He was walking down the street one day and saw a guy painting a sign, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that guy's name was John Snyder, and he was his, his apprentice for years. And um, so the tradition of sign painting, traditional sign painting as, as we call it now, isn't just that we use a brush and paint like has always been done. It's that tradition that 
passing it on. So John Snyder passed it on to John Daly. John Daly passed it on to me. Now it's my responsibility to pass it on to somebody else. And when, after that time I spent with John Daly that afternoon, I realized, like, I've got this responsibility now to John Daly <laughs> and in the um, sign painting that, like, like, I was astounded that, like, this came to me. I'm getting joked up now t uh, talking about it, but... Talk um, good. Like, I could Sorry about the profanity, but, like, I couldn't believe, like, this responsibility that also I realized. It's not just about me um, making a living. It's about... It's about passing this on to... Uh, the you know the next person that comes along and wow what a, what an amazing opportunity that is and it it hit me out of nowhere that um <clears throat> that uh that responsibility of passing it on it's like it's almost like having kids you know it's like wow it's a it's an amazing amazing opportunity it's amazing responsibility to um to have come across that completely out of the blue and i still go up there and i still see them and um I started after we went around and um, he showed me all his work. I was taking pictures of everything. I was taking pictures of him in front of the signs he painted. And um, so I had all these pictures of his work. And I can recognize his alphabet versus John Snyder's alphabet. They're very similar. Very similar. He does his S a little bit differently. He does his R's a little bit differently. And he does his O a little bit differently. Maybe something about his Q. But otherwise, you could practically lay them on top of each other. And cool. so I started studying that. And I did practice sheets with, um, with his alphabet. So now I've inherited Snyder's alphabet to John Daly to me. And I have these practice sheets that I drew up that I can now pass on to somebody else. And it's like, okay. I got it now. I did it. I'm in, I'm in a position now to really to, to to even pass on his alphabet. It's like I'm really stoked. Like a whole new chapter in sign painting just opened up for me one day, and I'm, there I am, twenty something years later, still doing practice sheets. That's and, awesome. Uh, it was it was an incredible experience, and I just I just had to talk about that a little bit. No, because that, no, that's that super so powerful. Cool. The, because yeah. it's um, I think it's something that you can't explain until you experience it kind of thing, you know? Yep. 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 Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it was a really amazing thing. So, um, and it, you know, it, it just enriched my experience in sign paying and enriched my experience in life going back to somebody and, and thanking them for what they gave me. He had, he had all this, all this stuff about not being able to support his family. His wife was the breadwinner. And he was like, he was kind of brokenhearted about his career. And he put this envelope on the table and he said, 50 years in the business, this is all I got to show for it. He was, he was completely like, it was like it took us, it almost took his soul away. He was addicted to sign painting. He said, I, I work eight days a week, 26 hours a day, painting signs, and this is all I got to show. And I was like, John, you got so much more to show. Your, your, your wife loves you. Your kids love you. I love you. Look at what you've done to the streetscape of Troy, New York. <laughs> you know, it, 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 um, and I, I think he heard me with it, but you know, but still, it was like he 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 was missing something hmm. about all that he had contributed to to society and his family and everything else. But so me going back there, you know, I, I wanted to give that to him just to say thank you, and I got so much more out of it myself. It's really amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that, man. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I can't, you know, getting choked up about sign painting once again. <laughs> hey, man, that's good stuff. That means you're still human. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if you don't get choked up at moving things in life, then there's something wrong with you. So, so you yeah, get clean yeah, bill yeah. of he mental health on my call. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, next time you're down here, I know you got family in the Dallas area. You have yep, to yep. come come visit and. Uh, give me a big enough heads up, and I'll I'll put something together we can work on together. Or something would be fun. Yeah, get something up there that's high up in the air or something crazy. I will get out there. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and I, I was looking at pictures that Bob Dewhurst posted a few weeks back on yeah. this like real janky platform thing. They're hanging off the side of the building. I'm like, oh, you guys are nuts. 
Yeah, I haven't been I out climbing this. up a ladder. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I've been doing a lot of work out of a lift lately, and for the first four or five hours one day, I felt like a cat that was trying to hold onto a, a tree with my toes uh, through my work shoes. And once I realized that that lift weighs 18,000 pounds and it's yeah, not going to work, it's not going to tip over, then it started to get fun. You know, oh, I, I love working off the lift. Yeah, you know, just gotta, I, I feel like I'm on the ground, but man, yeah. the, some of those platforms, uh, John Arnott, who's down in, he's down near Roderick. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's an old timer that really took me under his wing and taught me a lot of great stuff. And man, he, he, that dude's like in his seventies and he would put this horrible makeshift platform thing together and be like, get up there, you know, and we'd be up there and he'd be jumping around doing stuff. And I'm like losing my marbles. I'm like, I'm so stressed out. Yeah. But you yeah. know, I different strokes. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I'm up on a plank, uh, I sit down, you know, yeah. I hold on to the wall. I sit down. I'm not into, they got a 12 inch plank, you know, I'm not going to be walking around back and forth on that thing. I climb up and I sit on it just like the Dutch boy, yeah, you know, yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that. 90% you know? of the time I, I sit on it too. I just like, I got nothing to prove. I just want to paint this sign and go home. I don't want to break yeah. my neck. Yep. 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 So. All right, dude. Well, we cool. Will, thanks. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for coming on. Great, and, and thanks for everyone in 61 countries for uh, for sitting through this and listening to it. And uh, great job, Sean. You you bring a tremendous amount to uh, to sign painting and uh, and sharing it with the world. And I'm I'm happy to know you. And I'm happy to be your friend. And that right there is why I keep doing this podcast. Uh, it's really awesome to be able to talk to some of these other guys that um, some of them I've known for years. Some of them just uh, have gotten to know in recent times and uh it's just it's a really great thing to be able to uh not only have these conversations but to share them with others that are interested in this stuff and we thank you for tuning in and listening i uh, want to give a little plug to our sponsor full city rooster coffee roasters um been seeing quite a few pictures on uh, social media of people enjoying the uh, sign painters blend uh, that full city roosters put together and um, so if you haven't tried that give it a try uh, it's delicious stuff it really is um, fullcityrooster.com and uh, if you click on the uh, link to buy coffee they've got it uh, featured right at the top the sign painters blend so give that a shot i think you'll like it and um Spring has sprung, so uh, get yourself out there and paint some things. Talk to you next week. Today's episode of Coffee with a Sign Painter is brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters in Dallas, Texas. Roasting distinctive coffees from around the world. Sean drinks Full City Rooster Coffee every day in the studio. You can order their coffee online at fullcityrooster.com. Coffee with a Sign Painter, hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes at our website, seanstarr.com. Mm-hmm.